Hey everyone, welcome back to the Not Just Gym Girls podcast. I am Vanessa. And I'm Marissa. And today we are going to talk about coaching red flags. So we are super excited to bring you guys this episode. It seems like coaching in the past few years has absolutely exploded as a career, which is amazing. But we do want to give you guys some guidelines and things to look out for when picking a coach. And if your coach does these things, run the other way for sure. Yeah, awesome. So let's get right into it. Like Vanessa said, we've definitely probably touched on these slightly in other podcasts, but we thought this one deserved a podcast in itself. So number one, ignoring clients' concerns. So you would think this seems pretty like standard that like a coach would not ignore a client's concerns, but you would be actually very surprised to find that unfortunately some people are in this space for just the money. Um, as sad as it sounds, of course, you know, we want coaches to be in there to help people. And I will say, I do think the large majority of coaches are in this space to help people. I truly, truly do. However, those people that are maybe just there for money or maybe they truly do not care about the client, um, they can tend to ignore clients' concerns, right? And this can come from anything to maybe the client is expressing that the protocol is not working well for them, right? And, you know, the coach just decides to not change a protocol and maybe kind of like gaslights the client to thinking, oh, it's just you that can't follow the protocol, right? And unfortunately, we've seen this oftentimes, or maybe when a client has a concern, maybe it's a digestive concern, maybe it's a hormone concern, something along those sorts, not just writing that off and instead advocating for your client, right? Coaches are not doctors and and that is something too that we have to keep in mind however it does not mean that you should ignore your clients concerns i'm a big big proponent and i know you are yourself of advocating for our clients and what they need absolutely i think with the like ignoring client concerns there's so many times or i'll hear horror stories about somebody working with a coach and it's like yeah like i really felt like i was just another number and i would hate for somebody and i know you would feel the same way to, to feel like that within a coaching relationship because you are putting so much trust into somebody you are opening up so much of you know your personal life as well as about like your physique which is something that's really like to be honest sensitive to change if you're putting you're trusting to somebody else about like your body and your health essentially, right? It's a big part of what coaches do and being able to, if you are a client and you have a concern, feeling safe enough to go to your coach and express that. Like, I know that's always such something I'm always so happy to hear about the clients. Like, I feel safe telling you this. I am happy to tell you this. I'm happy to communicate with you. If you're one of my clients, I hope you feel like you always can come to me. You absolutely always can. And it's something within like you had mentioned, if you think something's off, you know your body better than anybody. So like being able to really work on that. And like, if your coach is like, no, it's just you. No, follow the plan better. Your adherence sucks. You know, honestly, really tearing you down. Again, I've heard some horror stories and we've definitely both had experiences within that too, with horror stories within coaches that we've worked with. And I think within that being able to express what you need and letting the coach help you, right? I think that's super important too. And being able to express your concern and kind of come to that middle ground. Yeah, for sure. And something that I wanted to go off on a little tangent here is that those coaches who post directly about, you know, clients on their Instagram stories or, you know, whatever that may be, or even talking negatively about an experience that they had with a client, even if they don't explicitly say the client's name, to me, that is so, so, so messed up. Unprofessional, to be so honest. So unprofessional. Like, you have someone's health in your in their hands, right? Mm-hmm. You When someone signs up with a coach, they are basically taking on their health, right? Yeah. They're taking on their health. To a certain degree, yes. Like, you are basically monitoring their dietary changes, their workouts, all things along those lines. It's very involved if you're a good coach. It's very yeah, involved. Yeah, it is all hands-on yeah. in so many different aspects, right? Not And also, two people think that, like, a online coach is just, like, 
like, oh, you're, she's going to give me a set of macros and cardio. And it's like, she's going to give me some workouts and I'm going to follow them. And I'm like, yeah, that's nah, not like, what it is. If you, if you have a good coach, they're going to go way more in depth about your relationship with food, about, you know, even what I've seen is like past traumas come up when people Absolutely. have like a trigger response to certain things related to food, what they're going through personally, whether or not they're going through a breakup or a big move or so many different things that can happen in their life related to stress, mental health, all those things. So it really is like fully encompassing and not just like, here's a set of macros and workouts. It's like, no, 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 no. It is way, way more than that. So yeah, that just gets me fired up. But like, truly, I just think they're like the worst person ever for doing that. Yeah, for sure. Especially with something like coaching where it's such a privilege to be able to do the job that we do. And it's, it's, it's amazing that we are able to impact people on the way that we are and like be so included in their life and, you know, being in that vulnerable position and being able to have somebody take your health into your hands. And then they go behind closed doors and they post about you passive aggressively on Instagram or they make a story about you. And even just coaches in general, I've seen this where it's like, they're just like shitting on their clients. I'm like, do you even like your job? Like, why are you a coach? Like, I don't understand. Like to me, it doesn't just, it just doesn't make any sense, honestly. And if you don't like the line of work that you're in, change it. Like, just don't be a coach or don't coach a certain athlete, right? Like, be like, hey, maybe I'm just like not the person for you. And that's totally fine. But I think within like social media, people are trying to, you know, build per- a following or something. Yeah, portray or, that they're this certain type of person. Yeah, per- portray some type of like, I guess, like hard exterior of like, I am this kind of coach or I am this type of way. And I'm like, that's not really a flex. Like, you should be able to change, I don't want to say change your personality, but change your approach depending on who you're working with. If somebody's coming to you, like, this is not working. I'm following it. This is not working. Okay. It's your job as a coach to change that or to address that. And I think too, where you had mentioned like making posts about it and things like that is so unprofessional. And like, if you don't know how to communicate to your clients, how are you in real life? Like, how are you communicating behind the scenes? Probably like terribly, to be honest. In your relationships and your family, it's just extremely immature, extremely immature. But anyways, I could go off a tangent for that for like so long. Moral of the story, coaches just should not post about their clients in a negative way. I totally agree. And the next point that I kind of wanted to touch on here is extremes. So extremes is going to be really in any capacity, whether it's an extremely low calorie diet and an extreme deficit or an extreme surplus for too long of an extended period of time, right? And I think this can also go with workouts. If your workouts are four hours long, extreme. If you're, you know, only working out for five minutes, extreme, like those types of really, you know, black and white thinking. And with extremes, I think with fitness and how far it's come, I think they're becoming more and few and far between, but I definitely want to touch on extremes with low calorie diet. So if your coach is putting you on an extremely low calorie diet, of course, if you're in a contest prep, which we always mention, like preface, that's a different story. But if you're a lifestyle athlete and you're just trying to get a little bit healthier and you want to lose body fat and your coach is slashing your calories in half or just honestly, in my opinion, if you're a lifestyle client, there's no need to drop under 1500 calories. That's just my opinion. I just don't think it's necessary. And like maybe for the one-off person every so often, maybe, but to be honest with you, I don't think it's necessary. Um, Unless, you know, it's a competitive athlete, whatever, like I said. But other than that, I just don't think it's necessary. If you're on an extremely low calorie diet, if you are also on the opposite side in a very heavy caloric surplus to the point where you're getting a lot of negative biofeedback, right? So if your digestion is just completely shutting down, if your energy is so, so low and lethargic, if you are really just experiencing some negative biofeedback, really high blood glucose within like a caloric surplus, I think that's becoming too much to the end 
of the extreme of like being in a surplus. So I find that most people work really well in that gray area of like a slight deficit, a slight surplus, mostly at maintenance type situation. Yeah, I totally agree with what you said. Like, I think there's a middle ground that can be found with a lot of these things, especially if you're starting to ignore those certain things, like you mentioned, like just, you know, having like really, really bad digestion, just feeling extremely full, like just not feeling comfortable. Like, yes, there's going to be a little bit of uncomfort, but I think there's there's a line where you can meet someone and being able to do like these slight things. And I totally hear you out and agree. No client should be dropped under 1500. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary. Which is interesting because today, which is so interesting because I had a client today tell me that her doctor recommended that she actually do a 1400 calorie diet. Yeah. I've I've had a lot of clients recently tell me that their doctors are recommending like very low calorie, like 1200 calorie diets. And I'm like, that is absolutely absurd. It was like, and I think too, like with just no context, like you see your doctor for 15 minutes and this is no shade to doctors. We're not doctors. Please do not take this out of context, but you see your doctor for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, maybe max once a year. That's such a small part of somebody's life versus I'm not saying coaches are like end all be all, but you talk to us maybe every day, at least once a week, as often as you need. We know a lot, you know, more about, I don't want to say more about nutrition because that sounds bad, but more so like we know about more about your nutrition and your habits and your lifestyle. So just telling somebody go on a 1200 calorie diet. It's like, to me, I'm like, oh my God, like that's crazy. It also shows just the huge gap between functional medicine and Western medicine. Yeah, I agree. It is showing like a massive, massive gap. And the fact that like we're over here, like don't drop below 1500 and your doctor's recommending 1400 with absolutely no, no, like for how long, you know, what to eat, like how to get yourself out of that situation. Yeah. Because that's what we're doing over here. We're fixing everyone who's been on the calorie, low, low calorie diets for 1200, 1300, 1400 calories, whatever it may be, 900 calories. I had one woman come to me with. So like, it's just very, very sad. And it just really shows the gap of like, yes, we're, we're, of course we're not doctors, but like we're taking a look at actual habits and something that's going to be sustainable for the long term. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree. Just a little tangent there for sure. But yeah, it's so discouraging. Like you said, like just hearing that kind of feedback from a medical professional, like it can just be discouraging for sure. I agree. And then going into the next point here, which kind of ties in perfectly to this, but ignoring internal health markers, right? That comes everything from digestion being off high blood glucose, um, amenorrhea, um, if you are never hungry, like if you are excessively hungry all the time, like there's so many different like internal health markers that can be off. And if someone is ignoring that, like if they're ignoring the fact that like, I'm really, really not hungry coach, like I can't eat anymore. And they're like, well, you need to push food. You need to push food. It's like, maybe there's something else going on. Or same thing with like digestion wise. It's like, okay, you know, I'm only having three bomb movements a week. Let's not push food. Like that'd be the worst thing you could do um, and so forth. And especially, 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 especially if you're having amenorrhea, not going into a calorie deficit, right? That's going to be so, so bad for you. Um, so being able to take all these internal health markers and pay attention to them, right? Don't just like ignore it and be like, oh, she's just never hungry. Or write it off as X, Y, Z. And it, uh, it's just really unfortunate that some people do, but taking a coach. And again, when you do your research and you see how different, you know, clients or different coaches are talking to their clients and so forth, you'll be really able to kind of like see a lot, but you want someone who's going to be able to pay attention to those internal health markers and not just like write it off. as like, she's been bloated her whole life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think with the internal health markers too, making sure they ask about those things, which I think sounds like such the bare minimum to us because we ask so many questions, but it's so interesting. Like if there's no biofeedback, metric at all like if there's no how are you doing like 
we'll talk about it in a little bit, but like mentally, but also physically, like what's your digestion? Like what's your hunger? Like, are, do you have a cycle? Are you on birth control? Like these questions that are really important. And like, I know I used to work with a coach that there was no biofeedback markers that were asked. Like, it was just like, send your pictures, send your macros. And that's the changes. Like so much more goes into that. And I think it's, you know, it was so long ago, but it is something that like, if you're not being asked about these things, and then of course, if they're ignoring them, if you're being asked and then they ignore them, that's a red flag. But if they're not asking at all, also a big red flag and internal health markers are going to be something that you want to keep a close eye on, right? Because that's really what's going to determine health. Like your physique is not your health. What you look like on the outside is not your health Yeah. because you can look a certain way and there can be a lot going on internally that you have no idea. And I think distinguishing those two is really important too because to be honest internal health is what we more so I would even say work in more than like the physical changes like yeah of course we have like client transformations and stuff that we post but at the end of the day you're looking to improve health markers on internally so you can basically externally look better essentially yeah and if you focus on that external health so much more that internal health trust me it will catch up to you we're both living proof <laughs> it will catch up, it will catch yeah. up to yeah, you well. you know no matter like what you do if you see this person who's absolutely shredded maybe she's been shredded for six or seven months on end she is doing herself a disservice way later on down the road and if it doesn't show now it's going to oh yeah it's going to so that's why we are so so much more focused on like internal health like if you've got something going on internally like we're not big proponents for like you know just ignoring that and obviously and focusing on that external like we are big proponents of like everything goes hand in hand but like we want to make sure your internal health is good first because that's going to matter so much more in the long run than what you look like if you have a freaking six pack for what three or three four months years whatever down the road you're gonna run into some way bigger issues yeah I seriously couldn't agree more and I kind of want to take that into our next point here with like with your coach, if your coach is like, it's my way or the highway, like this is who I am as a coach. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. but like, if this is who I am as a coach and like, there's no give and there's no flexibility, there's no middle ground, there's no communication. Like that's not coaching. That is a literal dictatorship. Like you're not you're not hiring like someone to just like give you orders. If that's your style, I know some coaches are kind of just like that. Sure, to each their own, not my style you know, not a lot of people's style, but if that's your coach, whatever, right? Whatever. But if it's something where like you want that flexibility, you want that communication, you want to have it tailored to you essentially, right? Which is, you know, the bare minimum again, but like making sure that your coach doesn't only have one way of thinking, doesn't only have that black and white way of thinking. It's, you know, strength training or nothing. It's tracking macros or nothing. It's this or nothing. And it's like, Finding the middle ground, which is like kind of the theme of this podcast, but being able to make sure that your coach understands that there is flexibility. Yeah, for sure. I totally, totally agree with what you said. And also, too, how adherent is the client really going to be? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> if you give them something and they're like, this is just not sustainable, this is not something I can do. I know I've had that myself yeah. as like uh, other coaches being able to give me a protocol, even if it was something like health related. I'm like, hey, this is just not feasible i can't do this yeah, my like, yeah i just can't do it i don't want to do it and something i want to touch on too it has nothing to do with discipline there's there's yeah. there is nothing to do with discipline there like like honestly if it doesn't work for the person maybe their personality type maybe their lifestyle like there's just there's just so many other factors and all these coaches want to be like it's your lack of discipline you're like you are lazy you're this you're that i'm like no like you don't have to be miserable like doing your fitness program or doing a fitness coaching program or whatever. Like that's not the goal. Like fitness should be enjoyable and it should be a long-term thing. So like if the coach that you're working with doesn't have that in mind and like, of course, like there's going to be the off case, whatever, but it's something like if your coach doesn't have in mind, can you do this long-term? Then what's the point? Yeah. They're going to reach burnout. They're yeah. going to reach like absolute burnout and they're going to resent fitness 
so much more. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So just thing I want to touch on super quick with the, you know, my way or the highway, huge red flag. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, going into the next point, if you basically are not focusing on health as a whole, so basically kind of like what I wanted to touch on here, and I did an awesome client testimonial the other day with my client Shannon on this, because this is something that we've been focusing on a ton within her check-ins, but like really, really focusing on like health as a whole and not just like, here's your set of macros and here's your set of, you know, workout, step goal, whatever that may be, like looking at like mental health, like looking at how the client is doing just like as a whole, you know, like whether they're not, they have like some underlying anxiety and depression, things like that. Obviously we're not mental health professionals and I'm not saying that we are, we're not qualified to help people with things, but also too knowing that if a client has a little bit more of like anxious tendencies or ADHD or anything along those lines, it's very good to be aware of um, and make sure that you're consistently checking in with the client to make sure that they are doing okay. And, and just focusing on health as a whole when it comes to like, not only like I said, nutrition and macros, but also to mental health, you know, how are they doing in regards to their mindset with food? How are they doing with their relationship with food? How are they feeling about their body? I don't want my client to go through her entire reverse feeling like absolute crap about her body, right? I want to get to a point where we're more so like, I don't want to use the word body positive, but where we feel more like comfortable and confident in your body, right? Reverse dieting is not easy. And I'm not saying that there's going to be those times of like uncomfortableness of course there's going to be of course there's going to be we talked about that in embracing change there's going to be times of uncomfort but also too you don't just want to be like well we're in a reverse diet so you have to do what i say and just like not paying attention to how they're feeling mentally because especially in a reverse dieting phase we know this because we mostly reverse girls yeah but like they'll drive themselves crazy yeah they really will eating more and moving less and so really really huge red flag if your coach is like well we have to reverse diet we have to get these calories up as quickly as possible and like and that's something too that like i didn't even realize that coaches like did yeah as quickly as possible i know yeah i had a a woman come to me and her previous coach reversed her in like six weeks wow oh my god and obviously she gained body fat well yeah because like you know it was a big deficit she was in yeah like it's just really really sad that someone did so like rapidly and then of course people are fearful of reverse diets because they have horror stories like this yeah i think there's i definitely think there is some off scenarios where people can reverse a little faster which is obviously going to be you know a small majority but it is something where like some coaches just have no regard for like the way that someone's feeling like you had mentioned like there's just no mindset support and like are we mental health professionals no we're not of course but it's part of the job and like we would be lying if we said it wasn't because if somebody has x y and z going on they're going through a breakup they're stressed out they have you know x y and z that they're dealing with and it's like i have no idea that's obviously going to affect adherence mental health probably body image like how you feel like so many other things that like some coaches just like turn a blind eye it's like that's not my scope but i'm like no you're not a mental health professional you should not be prescribing and diagnosing things that's definitely out of your scope but to provide baseline support hey i'm here if you need something from me hey do you need someone to talk to like how can i best support you and i think it's something that doesn't get talked about enough in the coaching industry because people are so nervous to talk about it and of course like you don't want to go out of your scope but also if there's no there's just like no biofeedback about how you're doing mentally. Like that definitely can inhibit progress. Like absolutely. And it will. And like you had mentioned too, with the like mindset and being able to know where someone's relationship with food is, being able to know where somebody is like with their past, especially if I have a client with an extensive disordered eating background, 
I am not going to do certain things. Like I'm obviously not going to push that boundary. I'm not going to have them do things. And, you know, it's so discouraging to see coaches like put these people in these situations that they do. Maybe it's a contest prep, right? And they were not mentally ready for that. And then the person is, you know, on TikTok, Instagram saying X, Y, Z, you know, ruin my life, you know? And it's like, it's, you have to do some screening, you know, and you have to do some deep inner work with some people. And like, that's, that's part of the job. And of course, if, you know, I've definitely had this where I recommend clients out. I'm like, Hey, I, I want to help you so, so bad. I do please come back when you're in a better spot, but I can't help you through this. This is out of my scope. And I think a lot more coaches need to understand and like be okay with being like, Hey, I actually can't help you with this. I can help you with X, Y, and Z down the road. I can't help you with this. Please outsource, like come back to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame to that. I think people need to learn how to do that a little bit more and just being able to be like, I can help with this. I can't help with this. I totally agree. I'm the same way. And I've recommended honestly therapy for lots of my clients because there's certain case scenarios where like you mentioned, it's different to be there as like a support and sounding system and advocate for someone versus like, oh, let me prescribe, you know, medication and like what to do and things like that. I'm like, hey, maybe we can do like some mindfulness meditation or like some journaling or things like that that are just like stress relieving activities that can help with anxiety. Right. But I'm not like you know, diving into like deep trauma and things like that. Like that's a different thing. That's something we're not qualified and we will never pretend like we are, but there is just more to the surface of online coaching. Absolutely. And I think if those things like deep trauma comes up because it does come up right for some people, especially when you start to do that inner work with body image or, you know, deep inner work relationship with food, some dark things can come up. And that's when you definitely have that line and you're like, Hey, I totally understand. I empathize with your situation. I understand where you're coming from. Let me find somebody for you to, you know, either help on this process. So you work together alongside a therapist or whatever it is, um, or a dietitian, an RD, whatever it is. And being able to like tag team it almost can be super helpful. But sometimes there is the situations where it's like, hey, this needs to be completely outsourced. And that's okay. And like you had mentioned, I think the mindset support, I think it's the biggest part of coaching. And I think it's definitely the part we both feel the most passionately about, to be honest. I think internal health and mindset coaching is definitely like where we feel the most passionate about because it's such a big part of the job. It's such a big part of the job. And having somebody to just advocate for you and be in your corner is so important. I agree. I couldn't agree more with that. And yeah, it's something that, you know, looking from the outside in, I didn't realize until I was more so in it, how, like how important it was. Like that sounds bad with me saying it, but like, I didn't realize like how much like mindset work and like mental health and all these other things kind of like interplay into one another. Like, obviously I knew that you needed to support the client in way more, but how we, and we've talked about this in like the episode that like how we've evolved as coaches, but like seriously, just so, so much more that's entailed. Definitely, definitely. I think a lot of people on the outside see coaching as a very glamorous job and it's absolutely amazing. It's my dream job, right? But it is something that so much goes into it on the back end. So much goes into it. And like, again, like you mentioned, like I didn't even know, right? If it's not just the Mackers training and, you know, the talk to you next week, girl. No, not at all. It's, it's so much more than that. And like people on the outside looking in, it's like, it could be like, what do you do all day? But it's so much, it's so much that goes into it. Yeah. And I think definitely a lot of people don't realize, and I'm like glad that we're able to like shed light on it because we absolutely love it. And we are so, so passionate about it. And I'm really hopeful that like our podcast, like shines light on just like all of things that we've learned within our own fitness journeys, things that we've taken from coaching and have applied and things along those lines. Absolutely. I, could not agree more. And I think that's a really great way to wrap up this podcast. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate the support. If you have any suggestions, please feel free to leave them down below and we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah. We'll catch you guys next week.